1: want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You're familiar with them, though, because they've been doing great work since 1988. That's right, the same year the Miami Heat were born. That's East Coast Public Adjusters. And East Coast Public Adjusters want you to know there's only 10 months left to open your Irma claim. Just 10 months. So call now before it's too late. That's 855 get ecpa 855-GET-ECPA. Do you have a leaky roof, experiencing plumbing issues? Those problems are most likely covered by your insurance policy, so don't settle for less. For a free, no-obligation inspection, call East Coast Public Adjusters. Again, been in business for 31 years. Here's the number again, 855-GET-ECPA or visit the website ecpaclaims.com. They're knowledgeable staff standing by to answer all of your questions.
0: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, aka Alf nine five four. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
2: All right, welcome everybody into the latest Five on the Floor episode. We just finished watching the Heat go into Toronto. And winning overtime. I mean, I think without question, the biggest, most impressive win of the year outside of the Bucks game. Easily, um, easily, right, right. Because you had Jimmy, you had Jimmy there. Um, this is not you're not talking about a Raptors team that's trying to figure themselves out. They know who they are, and they are really, really good. We saw that tonight. They can play defense. They can score. Um, but the Heat just went went in there and did their thing. And so, I said t- tonight. I just want to talk about the game. I know a lot of times we don't like to focus too much on one game, but tonight was fun and there's a lot to extrapolate out of this game. I do want to say I feel so vindicated, right? <laughs> because I came on here after the, the Brooklyn Nets win and I said, guys, this, this that closing lineup, the way they played, that is playoff basketball and it's going to behoove them playing that way going forward. Some of these younger guys, they are not going to uh, perform as well against some more elite teams. I'm going to have to eat some crow on Duncan Robinson, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But I just – so, you know what's fun? I'm going to go straight into the questions because what I did tonight is I went on Twitter and I asked for questions from Heat Twitter. Everybody was excited. Engagement was crazy tonight on all of our Twitter accounts. I asked for five really good questions for the podcast. Yes. I've start. gotten over 60 so far and they're coming in. So I had to stop taking them. But the first question cuz I want Alex to eat this one. Everyone's been tweeting at Tropical Blanket on Twitter. Okay, by the way, it's just me and Alex tonight. Uh Ethan is not going to be on tonight. So it's Alex has the floor to answer for his crimes. The first question to Tropical Blanket Alex Toledo. It is from Oh, man, I lost it. Oh, It's from at indecent P3D, Javier I. It says, does Tropical Blanket count this as a good team? He was too unconvinced <laughs> about what the defense can do to good teams when they clamp down. I feel this game proved Miami's defense is for real. That's Tropical so Blanket, unfair. do you count this as a good team? Speak for yourself. <laughs> That's so unfair.
3: I mean, it's funny. It's It made me laugh for sure. But my God, dude, I got so much flack for last podcast after the Brooklyn win. When all I was saying, man, was that I was more worried about the offense and the defense, actually. I thought Brooklyn was a whatever team without their two best players. And I wanted, you know, I was just, you know, trying to tell Ethan to hold back on the stuff of declaring that this offense is going to be what we're going to see in the playoffs or that it's a simulation of the playoffs. This team – this game that we saw tonight versus Toronto was absolutely that. Absolutely everything that Ethan was saying the other night. That's a great team. It's a great team on both ends. But uh, the Heat's defense has been proven. I, I think that's something that we all knew coming in was going to be elite, and they look absolutely incredible tonight. Uh, Justice is clicking with this team now on defense, and my God, it was ridiculous. Siakam looked like a non-factor a lot of the game. I mean, just it's hard to say anything bad after that game
2: yeah so what I was saying on the last podcast, and I don't know where me and uh, Alex have gotten gone wrong on this I, I we're not I feel like we're speaking the same language, but we're not understanding each other. <laughs> what I was saying is that there's a lot of Fool's gold in them there hills with the starting lineups and these rookies shooting lights out, and Duncan Robinson and forty point first quarters. I said that is not the way the heat are going to win. Uh, tough games against the elite teams and games in the playoffs because once you get to the playoffs you 're pretty much talking about um elite or higher echelon teams. so what I was trying to say is that the way they close out this game, justice bam Jimmy surrounded by shooters, is the way that they are going to have to play against the best teams in the league and i i wasn 't calling Brooklyn one of the best teams in the league, but that was a tough test on the road and you saw what it took. And that was, that was my whole argument uh, yeah. when it came to that. But one of the guys that I did talk about on the last podcast saying that he wasn't showing up against elite teams, it wasn't showing up on the road, was Duncan Robinson, right? Um, I think Duncan Robinson had 22 points tonight. He was absolutely unconscious. He played good defense. 8 of 11, 6 of 9 from 3. 6 of 9. I mean, are you getting nice? Are you kidding me? Nice. So this is so I'm gonna take this question next. It's from at Playoff Jimmy Rob P and with a bunch of emojis. So we saw Playoff Jimmy tonight. We did see Playoff Jimmy tonight. What a sight, man! What (laughs) what was was it? Eight points, seven points in a row in overtime. Pissed off in overtime. Oh my god! So the question is from Playoff Jimmy. Says, "What's good, Alf? What's good, Playoff Jimmy? What's good, Alf? Do you think Duncan Robinson is a long term option in the starting lineup?" He's been phenomenal, but once the inevitable slump happens, he's pretty much a minus on the floor. What will spo do? I did say that uh, that Duncan Robinson was one of these guys that just wasn't stepping up in these games and that he was a liability. I'm going back on that because over the last five, ten games, or more than like five, seven games, he has played really well no matter at home, on the road. He's shown that he has some defensive chops. He's shown that he can do more than just put the, uh, put the just shoot three-pointers. He's been putting the ball on the floor, getting to the rim, cutting, finishing around the basket. I mean, he finishes at the basket at a high, high rate. I would actually love to see what his percentage is because I don't remember him missing a layup all year. Today he had a, a block on, I think it was Fred Van Vliet, a, a very crucial time of the game. He has proven to me that he is an NBA player, and he was one of the most impressive guys to me in summer league, which is why I was a little bit disappointed with the way he started the season, but he's really coming to his own. The guy is an NBA player. I honestly think that if you're not going to inject hero into the starting lineup, which we'll get to in a little bit, that Duncan Robinson actually does need to stay in the starting lineup. What do you think? I completely
3: agree with you. I've been – extremely impressed with what Duncan's done. He's not a complete minus on defense like we might have projected that he would be. Uh, he's been elite, actually, at, like, picking his spots on offense. He's really good yeah. at relocating when that first three isn't available. Excellent he's, at it. Uh, something yeah, like, I did not see at. coming. Yeah, he's great at reading the floor off the ball. He's great at reading the floor once he does get the three, like, you know, whether to fake or, you know, if they close out on him or go in and take the layup. Like, he doesn't force anything. He's really, really good at that. And I think that's where maybe – you can count on him more as a role player because he's good at that part, right? Whereas with Kendrick Nunn is kind of the complete opposite, right? Like he's he's a great scorer, right? But he doesn't have that quality where he knows exactly when to score, or when to pass. Like you can see that he's trying, but it's not something that comes as natural to him as. Done. And I just realized now how I'm sound, how I'm sounding talking about Duncan Robinson. High IQ, knows where to be, a sneaky just- athletic. <laughs> You gonna hit me with a sneaky athletic real quick? Absolutely. With how many layups he's getting, he's definitely <laughs> sneaky athletic. I thought he was gonna be like James Jones, no layups. But uh, yeah, I think you gotta keep him in the starting lineup, man. Like same thing as you. If they're not putting in Harrell, like he's getting such great looks off of the actions that they're getting with Jimmy and Bam as playmakers and screeners, and he's just a perfect fit. And that's the that's just the same th- reason I think they're keeping Myers in there is because Myers helps with the size problem that they have when they're facing all these teams that are bigger than them, and also. You want the three-point shooters getting good looks, and those two guys are
2: two guys. And Myers Myers is showing a willingness to shoot the last couple of games. I was on Wide Men Can't Jump, shout out to them. I uh, was on the show this afternoon, uh, actually, no, during the second quarter of the heat game. I had to pause it. Um, and I talked about uh, he he actually thought uh, because he was just looking at minutes and he thought Myers was coming off the bench. I was like, no, dude, he's a starter now, he only plays 18-20 minutes a game. Uh, even if that sometimes really but, yeah he's he's not playing tons of minutes he basically a lot of times he starts the first and third and never comes off the bench but what he does is just allows time for uh bam to not have to play the marcus uh the Jokic's, the mbeads of the world just give him gives him eight minutes to start the game where he doesn't pick up a cheap foul early on yeah, and, and then he, also it'll killed either was was that that Myers isn't getting killed either, and not, it allows Bam to, like, roam the perimeter, which is exact, just... which he's the Exactly, be- which he's best at. And, yeah, Embiid killed him, but Embiid kills everybody. So you'd rather him kill Myers, and Myers pick up a couple fouls and bam. So yep. what... And then Myers has been showing a willingness to shoot lately, and that's important. We've talked about that ad nauseum, how important it is that Myers shoots the ball when he gets those chances because he has to make defenses honest. Okay, so... The next thing I want to go into because the other thing I feel super vindicated about is my man Justice Winslow. Oh man. I mean, I was hard on him uh through three quarters, right? Because the defense was amazing. My favorite part of the game, I tweeted this out, was in the first quarter, Fred Van Vliet was just eating Duncan Robinson's lunch. Um, none couldn't stick him. He was just, he was honestly, he was he was looking like he was going to be a heat killer. And Spo just goes to the bench and says, Justice, go humble his ass, right? <laughs> Justice goes out there and basically does a Joel Anthony on Amari Stoudemire and becomes I the warden that. and puts Fred Van Vliet in jail, right? Was so awesome to
3: watch, man. That, that's something that this should definitely go to more. I love Spo using that tactic because something about Fred Van Vliet that makes him so good is that he can shoot off the dribble. He knows when to pass. But he also is kind of big for a a point guard, not in length, right? More like... Just weight almost. Yeah, he's kind of swole. So that's not something that you can get away with versus Justice. who's bigger and longer than him. And because of the length part with Justice, you can allow Justice to kind of just use his length to guard the threes, not go over the screen and get himself trapped, and then you're playing from behind. And I love the
2: versatility that Justice brings to the floor. And Justice can move his feet with a guy like Fred Van Vliet, which a lot of guys Justice size can't. And Which that's the, just the thing, justice. Maybe you
3: can't do that option
2: for every like.
3: Like you maybe can't do that for like a Kemba or or a Kyrie or a Dame, where because they kind of have the footwork and and the the quick release that they can pull up from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Van Vleet isn't
2: on that level, but but it, the Van Vleets, the Kyle Lowry's, those guys, yeah. Yeah, the guy, the guys who use their sides against smaller point guards, Yep, that they can't play that shit with justice. So, you might have
3: underestimated that part when we were talking about who's going to be a harder matchup for the Heat. Another one of the questions that uh, – this is actually a good segue uh, we could talk about now.
2: This, that's an advantage that Miami has, man. That, that, we, they, but, have a guy, they have a guy in justice that can shut down both Lowry and Van Vliet. And we're actually going to get – there's another question that I love um, because it talks about what – the closing lineup will be, and and we're going to talk a little bit about what Justice Bam and Jimmy were doing out there tonight, which is absolutely ridiculous and suffocating. It should be illegal. That was something
3: Dude. that it should make the rest of the country outrageous. Oh I it love they should be protesting outside.
2: We can't let this happen anymore. <laughs> I love defensive basketball. And man, it was just like watching poetry motion. But especially so, when like the Raptors were they've been so good on both ends of the floor.
3: They've been so good at moving the ball, at getting jumpers. Siakam like take taking this leap into an all-NBA player, and he did not look like it whatsoever. Man, Bam no, because Bam, Bam can oh, handle bro. him.
2: Bam bro. can handle him. And there was a couple times. There was a time he was he they screened Bam. Siakam had a free run to the lane, and Justice stepped up. And it's like he saw Justice and just panicked and threw up a floater, air ball, right? It's just—it's be- like they have so many guys that can play, uh, defend so many different positions. But let me get back to this question because I wanted to talk about it because I got into a big thing with uh, Sedano from ESPN tonight uh, because I always get into big things with Sedano, always, right? <laughs> He just likes he, to argue with you. Because he can never like, be wrong, and neither can I. So we both have that uh, going for us. So yeah. I was killing Justice, and then he went off in the fourth, right? And it was while Jimmy was on the bench. Um, then Jimmy comes back in, and then uh, Sedano says, Oh, they can't play with each other. Because as soon as cause Jimmy comes back in, of course. Oh,
3: I Justice, missed that. He said Justice,
2: that? Yes. Wow. And, and so we're still doing that. So Justice took a step back, of course, because it's Jimmy freaking Butler. Right. So um, and then uh, Giancarlo Navas, who should have had a bad night on Twitter, actually came with some thunder at Sedano about the net rating with Jimmy and Justice on the floor. But this is the question. And it's from at. Oh, my God. These names. Demarizzi underscore E-U-D-Y. His real name, his name on his his tagline is Eddie. I just wish he would be Eddie. But it's at Demarizzi UD, something like that. So he, he asked, how do you explain the Heat having a better offense with Justice and Jimmy on the court together? I thought they couldn't coexist. This is a, without the chemistry built up yet. You so see, man, I didn't like this. I don't like that we're getting this <laughs> perception.
3: For having concern over theoretical fit, I don't think we ever said that it wouldn't work. All of us have been clamoring for the starting lineup to be Justice at the point guard out there with Jimmy and Bam. And even like even if you're keeping – Nunn and Myers in there. I, I Like, I would rather change them with Hero and Olenek. I think we've all agreed on that. I, I I want Wizzle in there regardless of the of the rest of the lineup changes. I think I've been saying that the whole time. Like, their ceiling is with Justice matching and clicking with them, right? Like, not only their defensive ceiling, but their offensive ceiling because it gets the playmaking duties off of Jimmy, and you need him to be your best scorer. That's something I've been trying to hammer, but, I, like, Wizzo needs to be handling the playmaking like he did tonight I love that it, like, it takes pressure off Jimmy to do everything for the offense. And that's where like is going to help, right? Because at the end of the day, if he's not hitting threes and layups, he's going to hurt them. He's still doing so many things that it doesn't even matter sometimes. And like tonight, he 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 made enough shots. He I think he shot 8 of 17 I'm looking at right now. Yeah. yeah. So it didn't matter tonight. But shots, like are days where he's not making all of those shots, he's not hitting layups or threes at a high rate, it's going to look uglier. I still think he needs to be in that starting lineup and that closing lineup, no doubt.
2: Well to me, this is where it where it's important right this, just because he plays well without Jimmy on the floor doesn't mean he necessarily plays better I don't know if that makes sense or that if they that' it does, or that they don't fit together uh Goron probably scores more with Jimmy off the floor it doesn't mean Goron and Jimmy can't fit together yeah. what my biggest thing is with those those lineups
3: too with Winslow by himself is a lot of times like Winslow and then that bench lineup with Kelly
2: and with and he leads that and he leads that lineup and it's really and it's really really good and sometimes it just doesn't look offensively beautiful but it's working
3: and that's he makes it cleaner for them he he, he's he does and he gets them into
2: offense very quickly even quicker than Goron does like nobody gets them into their offense as quickly as Winslow does. And if it's just nothing but a crossing the three point line and then kicking it out, but now you're, now you're doing that with 17 seconds left on the shot clock instead of 12. Like when Kendrick has the ball, you know, it's, 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 it helps the offense run smoother. But my other thing is when we talk about this stuff, we got to stop forgetting about the other side of the floor when you have those two guys out there together, there's so much more room margin for error on the offensive end because the other team can't score. So it's, it's, if they miss some layups, it's fine because, listen, if, you, if I'm scoring two and you're scoring zero, guess who wins? I do. So I think that's one of the things that we keep losing sight of. And I think it's one of the things that frustrates me the most about basketball coverage and fans. We forget about the defensive end all the time, and really, because
3: we just naturally watch the ball, right? Like I get yeah, it's why. True. Like not everybody is like us needs to be watching every aspect, and they like they don't really care about the details, right? They're just watching the game, just want to see what happens. So I get it, but you're definitely right. Like that gives you such a smaller margin for error. Those guys together look like they're just gonna be elite as a as a group, and. My God, man. You saw the potential tonight. Everything that we've been saying about those three playing together on both ends, you saw it tonight because Justice was looking good out there, man. There's Justice had one of those nights where you can just see it in his approach, right? Like, he just looks ultra confident. I don't know what it is. Like, some nights he maybe he doesn't look as aggressive. Tonight he just kept going at them, going at them, taking it to the rim. That's his other thing that he provides oh, dude, on you, offense, getting downhill, yeah. man. He doesn't finish some of those layups, Some of them are ugly.
2: But he gets all the way downhill, and you know that he can find, he can make the pass from there. That was that was frustrating in the first three quarters, man. He was getting to the rim and just not finishing. His ability to get there is amazing. No free throw attempts, by the way. Yeah, that's that's another problem. He gets free
3: throws. I think it's because he's not that like he doesn't get up there that much, so he doesn't really get knocked down. He's just stronger
2: than everybody. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like Jimmy gets him, but Jimmy just has that respect. All right, we're gonna take a quick break here. We'll be we'll be right back. We're gonna.
0: do two more
2: questions um I'm not doing any trade talk today no transaction talk like we have really fun games to talk about right now no transaction talk are people have people been asking you like trades oh stuff? there's a there's a ton of trade stuff wow. who, who, after that game are the heat buyers or sellers I don't understand how you would think the heat or seller anyway or I mean, um who that just who, tells who, us that
3: we should be doing the question stuff more often but I think people <laughs> just wanted to get it off their chest
2: because it's like after that <laughs> game I don't know are you thinking about trades yeah, like who would who would you give up in a trade for Beal? I don't want to talk about that. Um, I mean, all right. it's not even relevant anymore. Like. <laughs> it really isn't. All right. It's not gonna be available to the summer anyways. Get no, your head He's not. Get, like, let's, let's, can offense. we enjoy this? All right. So we're gonna take a quick break here. We'll be right back. We'll ask two questions and we'll finish up.
1: We'll get back to our episode here in a second. I first want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is Dutch Valley Farms. What's Dutch Valley Farms? For starters, they're not your average cannabis grow farm. No, they've got deep roots in the 305 and their hometown group of doctors, CPAs, and Silicon Valley professionals have taken their talents from the 305 to the 503 that's out there in Oregon to make you the finest flower out there. How does Miami find its way out there? Simple, a team with a shared belief in cannabis research and erasing the stigma behind the bud. Today, the Dutch Valley Farms crew is bringing together old school growing practices with new school tech to deliver a consistently clean, high quality experience that you can feel good about. The proof is in the plant. You wanna find out more, go to dutchvf.com. That's dutchvf.com. Or follow them on Instagram at Dutch Valley Farms. All right, and we are back.
2: Okay, so we've talked about a lot of the positives tonight. Uh, we've been praising this team, but there were some things uh, tonight that uh, were a little bit questionable. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's easy from our couch, right? Uh, <laughs> of course, uh, couch coaches as we are. I'm a sports um, girl coach. The sports girl coach. Yeah. Uh So one of the big questions tonight is, as we're watching the fourth quarter, uh, we saw Duncan Robinson's explosion. Uh, Hero wasn't playing great, but we've seen what he can do. Um, But we've also seen how Kendrick Nunn has played on the road and against elite teams. And Kendrick Nunn was second on the team in minutes tonight. And a lot of Heat fans were wondering what the hell is going on, why is he on the floor um, why isn't Duncan Robinson out there? Tyler Hero. You saw Derek Jones Jr. came in for one defensive possession and he completely shut down Siakam. It was amazing. I couldn't believe Spo trusting him in that spot. It was actually really, really cool to see. Uh, I don't know if he shut him down, but... <laughs> oh, I mean, okay, he didn't He, <laughs> he defended got like into the
3: room I guess, because just
2: Derek he Jones defended, Jr. Skinny, he he but, defended uh, him really well. All right? Yeah, like he did,
3: he did a well enough job containing him where he didn't get in layup and, and then, then, then Jimmy also came the, to help. the help came, yeah. Okay, oh why
2: can't you just let me have that little moment? No, I mean, I'm,
3: I, it's good, right? Like, I'm I'm glad that Spo went to DJJ in this game because uh, I think you guys talked about it in the 305 Live that it made sense for him as a fit in this game where, like, you're playing in such a
2: big, long, long team. Yeah. It just makes a lot of sense to have him out there. Especially so what do you think about Nunn's heavy minutes? Because, um, okay, the funny thing is, and, uh, okay, I'm sorry, I need to give a shout-out to the guy who asked a question. This is at... J Nico 20 at J N I C H O 20, Jeff Nicholas. Why was Nunn second on the team in minutes? I felt like his D was porous and he killed so many possessions. I love what he brings some nights and I love his potential. What was supposed seeing that led him to stick with the rook? So that's a question for you. What did, what did Spose see out there? Or what did you see out there that led to uh, none getting those minutes in the fourth? Uh, I mean, I think this is
3: something that Spo does every once in a while. He just kind of lets guys on the hook to basically do what they want. I think he – like I said, we talked about the closing lineup. Last game, I think this is something where the closing lineup is always – you're always going to have those three with Jimmy, Justice, and Bam. And then Spo is just going to pick the other two guys, depending on the matchup and depending on who's played well at night. So that's why it made sense for him to keep Duncan out there. That's what people were clamoring for. And with Kendrick Nunn, man, he shot three of 16 tonight. It was (laughs) –
2: it a was very bad. rough game. He
3: had a lot of plays, especially in the fourth quarter and overtime, where like, you he know, took questionable shots. Like, he's it's like his instinct is to end up just finding the shot, even if it's not, even if it doesn't and, and make sense. Exactly.
2: And that's, and to me, it's not the three for 16. It's just that so many of those 13 misses came outside of the flow of the offense, right? Yeah. It just feels like. Heat. And I think that has a lot to do with Toronto's defense, man, because the Heat, like Kendrick Nunn... But that's every uh, time they play an elite team. like
3: Sure, but, but that's why I've been saying that this is going to be a problem. Like, the starting lineup that, that has been working so often is going to be a problem versus elite teams because you're relying on guys who, if the offense isn't working to a T, where you're getting these clean cuts and these clean curls to open three-pointers like they've been getting against other teams that aren't as good, like Nunn and Robinson are not going to look as good. Like I said with Duncan, he's better at picking his spots and he is just a knockdown shooter at this point. Like, he is. The yeah, leader. he. he so, you'll never see Duncan.
2: Taking,
3: go ahead. Yeah,
2: but you'll never see Duncan take away from the offensive yeah. flow.
3: Yeah, he's better at it. He's better at making those reads. But at the end of the day, like, those guys, like, the bulk of their their shots are coming as three-pointers. And three-pointers are the highest variable, like, stat in in the sport. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's something that's going to go up and down, especially on the road. That's why I'm like, I'm not too mad at Kendrick Nunn, but it was just a rough game. I'm not mad
2: at him. I'm just, I just want him. To, okay, so this is something I noticed. Be? And one of the things I love about Myers Leonard is he's so vocal. And you could hear him on one possession. Mark Gasol got switched on to Jimmy Butler all the way out by the three-point line. And you could hear Myers Leonard screaming, pass him the ball, pass him the ball. And he's screaming mm-hmm. at him. And you could see that Myers was getting frustrated, and Kendrick (laughs) Nunn was pounding the air out of the ball. So, and this is going to be one of those things that Kendrick's going to have to acclimate himself to the NBA game, right? He can go off in the G League. He can go off at Oakland University, wherever he was at,
3: Man, to be fair—he's gone off multiple times in the NBA now. I think his average is still around 16 points a game. Yeah. If you were in his position, you would probably have a high ego too. You're like, I, I just came in. see. I don't think it's ego of, with him. I don't think no. It's it ego. isn't an ego thing, but it but it's like you're on this momentum sort. Like he just got uh, Rookie of the Month in the East. He came over and he took away on spot, took away Dion spot. You know, Justice isn't starting anymore. Like he is their starting point guard now. So. He has, I understand that he has to trust in this
2: position. I want him to continue to trust in himself. Right. But like I said, I want it to come without it being a detriment to the offense.
3: But you think this is what, this is why I see. And and I think that Spoh is such a good coach, man. I think again, with the same point that I was trying to make before about Duncan and Myers being good fits in the offense, because their, their strengths get, they get maximized playing next to Jimmy and Bam and what they provide. And Kendrick Nunn, is another example of that. He, he gets a lot of points off of these cuts that's made that are clean for him because the, the, the paint is never cluttered anymore, right? Like, you've got yeah. Duncan and Myers out there, so he gets all these clean – he gets a lot of those points off of just cutting to the rim, right? And either getting a dunk or, like, a reverse layup. And, and, and like, one, that stuff is not going to be – is
2: not going to happen nearly as often is, against great teams. He is one of the few guys on the team that can just create a shot for himself. So, to me, he's very important to the offense – but it's why I would like to see him against second units right now. Um, yeah, I wanna so, see him
3: I think him and Goron and Kelly, where you have like Kelly help him out with the initiation and just making the offense run a little smoother, you take the pressure off of Kendrick to dribble. You get me, they do some of those handoffs and stuff so so that you don't get Kendrick dribbling and trying to look for a shot himself. That's probably be a great way to use him off the bench, I think.
2: All right, so we we've talked about what who closed this game, but now that we're seeing a more health uh, more healthy heat team uh honestly i don't know when goron's coming back but let's say the whole entire team is healthy um we have seen the last two games um we've seen what justice jimmy and bam on the floor do for you so whether they're starting or they're closing that needs to be those three guys are going to close games and it's funny because i don't think all of like he Twitter agrees with you on that, and oh, I, crazy. I,
3: I definitely agree with you. But that's not like that's something that we talk about as like this obvious thing. But I don't think that's agreed upon with it from everybody need Twitter at all. Listen, uh, like I he guess hasn't since rookie year, I saw a question that's like, oh, yeah, he hasn't
2: improved uh, since his rookie year, or something like that. I thought that was yeah, because pe- people don't pay attention. But anyway, we're not going to talk about dumb people. I'm having too good a time today. Um, <laughs> the last minute and fifty against the Nets. 7-0 run, no points scored by the Nets. Tonight, overtime, not a single field goal for the Toronto Raptors, only two points on free throws. Those are the guys, right? Yep. So to me, those guys are so good defensively. It's not about the offensive side of the floor. You put them out there with two guys who can score a little bit. Jimmy's gonna take over anyway. So it's really more important who's on the who's on the defensive end because Jimmy's going to have the ball in his hands for the most part. And, yep. you, and you also have Justice out there who's a playmaker. And you have Bam that makes good decisions with the ball. So if the team is healthy, you're in the playoffs, close game, you're playing the Celtics, who are the other two guys you want in that closing lineup? Oh, I'm See, sorry. Think- and that question comes from Stephen Wang at S-T-K-E-W-A. So he asks, who closes with Butler, Bam, and Justice on a regular basis or playoff? I think you could add Gron for his handle shooting and experience, but who would make the fit? You
3: see, it's tough, man. I think it is kind of an interesting question because if you are putting justice in that three, which I think is, is 100% right, like I completely agree with you, I think you have to put in guys who are very good shooters around them because if you're trying to get space for Jimmy and Bam Justice to actually be able to do stuff on the other end, like you're going to need the shooting out there because that's what makes their offense go. But at the same time, like, there is a little bit less of a margin for error if you just wanted to go straight length out there and put, like, DJJ in that lineup or put, uh, I don't know, anybody else, right, uh, That that isn't necessarily a great shooter. I think there is a, a little bit of a margin for error because of just how good the defense is. But, man, it's going to be a matchup thing. I'm, I still believe that
2: 100%. See, I, I agree with uh, Steven here. I agree the the fourth guy is Goron. I think – I mean, I would probably say Goron too. But you, you just trust tonight. him. You trust no,
3: him. No, I, I 100% trust Goron. I agree with you guys that he's probably been the third, fourth, worst, you know, uh, most important player. And, like, he looks so poised now that he isn't responsible for creating – Yeah, exactly. <laughs> – all of the plays in the fourth quarter where he's just like, yeah, I'm just part of a good team now. I don't have all the pressure on me. And to <laughs> so me, he looks way better. But, so I me, get that. But you saw tonight – how good they looked on defense because there was no Goran Dragic minutes. But I'm like, it, honestly, Dragic I don't, tries, I, man, but I I don't think nine. none is.
2: I don't think none is a much better defender than
3: Goron. No, 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 no. I don't think he is either. I think, so I think serve- right now he's just better at, at at staying in front of guys, and I think that was part of the reason that Spo left him in the game because they were, you know, their backcourt is kind of small when when you have Lowry and Norm and um and Van Bleed out there. So, so I get one so. to have speed, and he's like I said, I think he's good at staying in front of guys, but Dragic. Uh, is good at knowing where to be but
2: just once somebody goes by him you're not surprised you know so to, so to me you have to I think you trust Goron. you leave him out there but the fifth guys is where I think I don't think they'll ever settle on a fifth guy right I don't think they's gonna they're gonna settle on a fourth or fifth man I'm telling you if we've you're, already seen it in some games they're not gonna go to Goran in the fourth sometimes if you're looking at a Siakam Gasol lineup to end the game you want Kelly out there but let's say they went small with Siakam at the five, Duncan or Hero would probably. I, if they went small with Siakam at the five, a Duncan or Hero would have been at the I four think, for me. I think you almost have to have one of those two guys in there because Who, Duncan need, or Hero. Yeah, you need a knockdown shooter And both I mean, of them. Have but been, Kelly O is and shoot. How many you times? A, how many times at the end like, of the games has Kelly O proven to be a knockdown shooter?
3: He's a good shooter, man, but he's he hasn't been as consistent as these two guys have been. I mean, but we're talking Where about just. A much larger
2: sample size when it comes to coming off of curls. Like he's more of a standstill guy. Hold on. I, I get it, but I think between those three guys is where you're going to get your fifth guy from. Yeah. Okay, so we're running out of time here, so I want to get to this last question. Um, you know what's funny? I want they got a lot of options, man. They can choose every night. This is my this is a bonus question, right? I'm on where well, I'm on the sixth question. Wow, yeah, who cares? I'm just enjoying myself. This one I really like, and I think this is a good way to end it. Uh, It's from at I own Plinko. All right. Okay. Um, What is the toughest matchup for the heat in a potential Eastern conference playoff series? In my mind, Philadelphia is the only team that I don't think Miami matches up with. Well, and this is, I wanted to go to you because this is one of the things that you were screaming about uh, (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to playoff matchups. So who is is, the toughest, the toughest uh, playoff matchup? Ah, oh, man.
3: I mean, if that's the thing, man. I would like to group it because I still think Milwaukee is number one and not because of the matchup thing, just because I think they're the best team flat out in the East. I think every like the East is competitive again, right? Like I think you got six or seven very good teams. I don't think Brooklyn's there yet, but they will be whenever they're healthy and whenever they get things going. But it's a very competitive East, right? But I would still like to group Milwaukee in their own class and then Philly as easily the worst matchup, right? I think we still got to see what they look like with Winslow at the point guard. Uh, hopefully he'll be starting point guard by the time they play again in a couple of weeks. But I still think they're the toughest matchup. They got so much size at every position. It just makes it tough every night. I don't think Bam is a great option to guard and beat. I don't think Myers Leonard is either. You know, they do they do a good enough job. Like the scheme is good. You've got to, like I believe in them as a unit and I believe in Spoles as a defensive coordinator. He's elite in that aspect. But they just, Embiid is a monster. He's gonna get to the free throw line over and over and over again because that's what he does. It's so annoying to watch, but he does that every time. And I would be very concerned about Bam staying in games for extended periods of time because of having to guard Embiid. But See, um, I agree
2: with you there, and I think the X factor there is Embiid. That we just uh, the the Heat just have no answer for him. And I've always said when it comes to him, I know we like to send a second guy at him. I wouldn't. I would just let him eat. The same way game seven of the, um, the so. 2013 finals where they just left Bosh on an island with Tim Duncan and just decided to stop everybody else, that's exactly how I would treat um, that's how I would treat Philly. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't see
3: them as that dangerous of a shooting team. I mean, Jay Rich and Tobias and, and Matisse Dybulk are all like decent catch-and-shoot guys, but I believe in the Heat's guys so much to switch and close out and switch and close out. Like not every team can do that. That I would, I wouldn't mind Spo trying that out, or, or to keep, at the very least, like going back and forth between game plans. I think would
2: be smart. Maybe not. Yeah, too maybe much. switching it up on him, but I, I, it's just hard because you send that second guy at him, he's gonna pick you apart. Like he's I don't a know, smart. Man. I he's think a, he's a smart player. It, it's and he's a good passer. I just, I don't know. I, you're right. <laughs> to me, that is the toughest matchup. Also, you got Ben Simmons out there. Like, you can leave him wide open. So uh, even though you're doubling in Embiid, like, you got somebody and else. That's why out. I can't wait to have Justice back for that matchup. Or he just he just sends, like, Justice to stay. <laughs> Where Justice plays free safety? Oh, my
3: yeah, God. You to, while Bam, like, you, you know, while Bam has, is trying to lock him down in the post, Justice comes in and just tries to get the ball out of his hands. Yeah, like, just wait, let Justice play ben, free safety. Like, Give it to Ben, Justice, and, and, and Bam at that point. If they give it to Bam, just put their hands up in the paint because that's the only thing Ben is going to do. Right? He's going to go but, straight to the
2: paint. But to me, this this is why i um, I want that. I want to change that starting lineup for the elite teams because you can't get down by twenty. Like you just can't. You can't happen. So no, definitely not. you need Justice needs to be in that starting lineup, and you need to have those three defenders out there going crazy. All right, so we're basically out of time here. Great win tonight. Great game. I mean, I posted when they were down by one, I posted it's a great it was a great game, no matter what. Even with that stupid uh the the referee the most part. Well the referee yeah. review when the guy, when he was standing out of bounds, it, listen. Oh, Look, just throw the damn I, We record. never do ref talk on this pod,
3: right? We try not to stuff, but my God, that no, was why? I couldn't believe what I was seeing when they actually didn't overturn the call. I'm like, yo, you got three referees all looking at the same monitor, seeing the same angle, and then you send it to the replay center up in Secaucus, and they still (laughs) don't overturn it? Like, I I just don't understand. His foot was so clearly
2: on the line. See, I agree with I can be your hero on this, uh, Christian Hernandez, where Uh he's just like, get rid of it. Because they will not admit to a mistake. Just get rid of it. You know what, man? I wish they would put a time limit on it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, make it 30 also, seconds If you can't figure out a, a bas- high stakes, we got to make the the
2: referees uh, perform in high stakes moments, just like the players. You can't figure out a basketball foul in thirty seconds. Like, just let's keep it moving. <laughs> anyway, guys, this was alphonse Sydney, aka Alf Nine Five Four, with Alex Toledo, aka at Tropical Blanket on Twitter. You listen to Five on the Floor. We will have another show for you tomorrow. After the Celtics game, Ethan might be here. We didn't even preview the Celtics game. That's how exciting tonight was. We spent 35 minutes, 40 minutes just on it tonight. Might,
3: it might be rough
2: tomorrow, man. Oh, I tomorrow? Listen. That <laughs> <laughs> I told, that's what I said before the game. I was like, there's no excuses for this one. Tomorrow, schedule loss. It's already a successful
3: road trip after seeing those two wins. It really was.
2: So... We two impressive th- wins let me, let me just say that two impressive wins oh whoa, whoa, you're coming around but two impressive <laughs> I'm wins so myself. far on this road trip we'll have another show for you after the Celtics game tomorrow and then Ethan it's, uh, I think it'll drop either Thursday or Friday we'll have Amin El- Alhassan Amin from ESPN I'm hoping that I could be on that show I want to talk some shit to Amin same um, I think that'll be a lot of fun alright guys we will talk to you mañana go here great game
0: ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly two million ohioans live with a mental health condition